Welcome to the Temple of Glory Community Church, where the Word of God is never compromised. At this time, our pastor, Bishop Matthew Odom Sr., will deliver the message for the people of God. Please like, share, and subscribe to this message. Mark chapter 2. And our reading commences at verse 1. Mark 2 and 1, and again. He entered Capernaum after some days. And in the New King James Bible, it's worded this way, and it was heard. It was heard. In the King James, it was noise that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. And then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. And so when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Those of you that are taking notes, our subject today is this, O, O-H, O, dot, 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 he's preaching. O, dot, 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 he's preaching. Now, in order for this to come alive, I need y'all's help. If you're sitting near someone, and you can do this with your eyes, in, in sharing the subject with them, use your eyes and your voice tone to display your disappointment. Oh, he's preaching. Hey, Cal. Oh, he's preaching. I begin this brief homily this morning simply by raising the question, why are you here today? What did you come to church for? It's a question that can be and should be raised periodically amongst parishioners because there is always a plethora you have folk who have been in church all their lives. You have young converts that are learning the ropes. You have people that come to church to be nosy. You have folk that come to church not just out of curiosity, not just to see what they can see, but there are those that come to church so that they can be seen. 
why are you here? What is your purpose in being in the Lord's house this morning? Why are we all? No, we should be here to praise God and to worship the Lord and to give him glory. But let's not fool ourselves. Everybody doesn't come to church for the same reason. And I'm not going to tell you to check your pew because you may have to stop after you get past yourself. Oh, he's preaching. The storyline forms in the very first verse. When it tells us that Jesus, according to my translation, again enters Calpurnum. Now, Calpurnum had become Jesus's place or point of operation. He ministered for some time, Deacon Michael, out of Calpurnum. Don't have to do it. I need you to trust me because we don't have a lot of time. But when you go line by line in the, in the, in the second Actually, first and second chapters, first chapter of Mark, first chapter of Mark, most of the things that you will see in that first chapter, Sister Putney, have to do with Jesus healing, casting out demons, opening blinded eyes, healing lepers. So the buzz in the streets is that the miracle worker is back in town. And subsequently, when they find out, Carla, that the miracle worker is back in town, folk run to the house where he is. There is a group of five. Five friends, Robbie, five friends. And one of them is paralyzed. And the four other friends determine that since we hear that Jesus is back in town, dude, we're going to take you so you too can get your healing. Come on, y'all go with me for a minute. Everybody else is going. He, I mean, we've heard the talk. He's opened blind eyes. He's given sight, uh, 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 given, get, given ability to those that couldn't walk. He's blessed before. He's cast out demons. He's done all of these things. He's a miracle worker. Just a blocker, but, 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 but we need to get you there. And so this is what happened. But before we focus on that, I need you to go back to verse 1. Because in verse 1, to be honest with you, the foundation is set for the rest of the chapter. In verse 1, your Bible should say that when Jesus returns to Capernaum, the Bible says it was noised it was heard that he was 
in the house. Can I get some help? Jesus, Maya, was in the house and folk were talking about him. Mm. Now, the question is, can that be said of your house? I mean, it's a pretty cool thing for folk in the streets to be talking about the fact that Jesus is in the house. And the only way that it can be noised abroad and talked about and heard that Jesus is in the house is if parents man up and woman up in the raising of their children to teach them the importance and the value, Deacon Shannon, of altars. There, there, there needs to be, there, the, the, the house will be altered, A-L-T-E-R-D. If there is an A-L-T-A-R in the house. Are you listening to me? Children, the television can't be the altar. The stereo system cannot be the altar. The playlist cannot be the altar. The, the, the movies you're looking at can't be the altar. There needs, Cynthia, there needs to be time where husband and wife, father and mother and children talk about the goodness of the Lord. Our children are being raised now and they don't know anything about Jesus. And all that they're hearing nowadays is negative because they're getting it from the wrong sources. How many of you know that God is real? Now, the question is, how many of you are passing it on to your loved ones? How many of you know that he's a healer? The question is, how many of you are passing it on to your children, to your grandchildren? How many of you know he's a way maker? He's a door opener. If you know these things, then the question is, who are you telling? People coming out of your house ought to be witnesses about the goodness. I heard my daddy say, I heard mama praying. I heard folk in the house talking about how awesome God is. And see, I don't need y'all's testimony. I got my own. I grew up in, in I don't mind talking about it. We were in, I lived in impoverished conditions, but mama was of such, she knew the Lord. I was, we were poor and I didn't even know it. I wish I had some help here. Can, can, can we take two minutes and just talk about uh, uh, folk who knew how to make ends meet and, and, and folk that would do and, 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 and you didn't even feel bad about it? Oh, I rebuke every sadity spirit in the house this morning because there are too many of us in here ought to be celebrating the fact that your mom and your dad got you through college, got you through school, were able to provide for you. They didn't have a whole lot, but what they had, they shared with you. We didn't have, we couldn't change clothes every day, but we washed them. 
I ain't fussing. I ain't, I ain't getting on no soapbox. But we've got kids 25 and under are coming up now. They don't know anything about rough times and hard times. And the truth of the matter is a lot of it has to do is because we didn't take the time to teach them. I'm about to get in trouble, but I'm I'm 65 years old. What you going to do? You, 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 you won't discipline them, but you will buy them $200 sneakers. They can't make good grades in school, but you would invest in all types of audio and, and video stuff. And they won't do their homework, but they'll be up all night playing games and, and doing this, that, and the other. Can't cut the grass, can't wash the dishes, can't mop, can't this. Mama, give me this. Daddy, give me that. Where's the altar? The Bible says train up a child. The way that he should go, and when he is older, he won't depart from it. I know uh, it's, I, I, I really need to pray for this group right up in here. So I'm going to overlook y'all and go over here. Y'all remember when we were coming up, we couldn't go outside until we finished our chores. We had to do this. We had to do that. And there was no talking back to mama. Help me, Holy Ghost. And, and for those of you that looking at me funny, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Look at somebody and tell them, you know what? I just thank God we had food. What you want, huh? The altar was of such where you, you were trained in the fear and the admonition Bible says that Jesus was in the house and it was heard. It was talked about. It was noise. Sister Edith, folk in the streets were talking about the fact that Jesus, the miracle worker, was in the house. Can I close? You know I ain't fixing the clothes. You know, you know I ain't fixing the clothes. Watch this. Watch this. Oh, dot, dot, dot. It's preaching. Where you going with this? Julie, here it is. A lot of folk were talking about Jesus being in the house because of the miracles and not the message. Oh, y'all know that's good. A lot of folk were talking because the word on the street was Reverend Clark. He was opening up blinded eyes, unstopping deaf ears. He was healing lepers. He was doing all of these things. So when he came back to Capernaum, folk, the buzz in the streets was that the miracle worker was in. Gwen, that's you. God bless you. God bless you. Not, not so much. Not so much. Chief, the message. And you know what I find 2,000 and some odd years later? Folk are still more enamored with the miracles than they are the message. Can I preach? Can I tell you something you're going to get mad at? It ain't the miracle that saved you. 
not the miracle that's keeping you out of hell. It's the message. Even the message you don't want to hear. The miracle served as a means of attraction to get your attention. But at some point or another, you got to hear the message. It's the message that convicts you. It's the message that can turn your life around. If there's anybody in here today that can honestly say I was headed on the wrong road. I was going down the wrong path. I was hooked up with the wrong people. I was doing all of the wrong things. But at some point in time, it may have taken a miracle to get your attention. But it's the message. Well, Chief, how can you stand on that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Paul tells me this. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing, not by the miracle, but by the word of God. Do I have any saved folk in the house? Have you grown up to the place where you can get happy over the message? The miracle ain't nothing but gravy on top of the meat. I know he's a healer, but even if he doesn't heal, the message still lets me know it is well with my soul. I would love for God to do this, that, or the other, but even if he chooses not to, come here, Hebrew boys, our God is still deserving. Even if he chooses not to deliver us, out of the fiery furnace, we are not going to bow down because we know the message. I know the word. Look at somebody and tell them the word will set you free. The word will give you peace in the midst of your storm. The word will give you the ability to stand when you're surrounded by all types of enemies. The word will lift you up when people are trying to pull you down. The word will give you solace when there's confusion at every hand. The word will hold you. Anybody here need to be held right now? Instead of letting the world hold you, let the word hold you. When the word holds you, the word won't let you go. The word will keep you. The word will cuddle you. The word will comfort you. The word will console you. I can preach this because I've lived it. Like anybody else, I went through that phase where I thought that my, my happiness and my joy had to start with things and with people but I found out one day and I don't mind telling y'all I found out the hard way can't nobody do me hey, like Jesus he's my friend Patrick when everybody else walks away you know gee, I'm right here Matt just me and you babe I know this is corny but I gotta throw it in late in the midnight hours God's gonna Turn it around. It's going to work flow in your favor. I wish I had somebody felt like heaven. I know y'all ready to go, but look at somebody and tell them, oh, dot, dot, dot. You're preaching. You see, when the four friends brought their homie, to the revival, to the church conference, whatever you want to call it. They came with the expectation that if they can get to the healer, 
you'll heal their friend. But when they got there, it wasn't a healing service. He was preaching. Oh. You see, he preaching. Ain't no healing line. Oh. He's preaching. He said, Linda, there are still folk that come to church looking for the theatrics. They're looking for the dynamics. They're looking for that which is charismatic. They're looking for that which is circumvential. They're looking for that which is superficial. They want to be pleased. They want it to be, they want to be toyed with. They, they, they want to be, they want to be, ah, sometimes you just got to sit still. And let the message saturate into the sponge places of your heart. Let me close. They came. They came. They came. But, but Jackie, everybody else came. They're all there. And a lot of them are there for the wrong reasons. Darnell, they're there because they heard about healing. Oh, I want to see him open somebody's eyes. I better go. I, I'm going because they tell me they're doing so and so and so over there over on, on 1105 Styles Avenue. I better go over there. And then when they come and, and we're preaching, they go, oh, we're preaching. Don't let me get on Facebook and put it out there that we're going to have a $100 giveaway or a $500 giveaway. Man, I ain't got enough ushers to accommodate everybody. And then when they get there or get here and they don't see no money being given away, oh, he preaching. So these four men give credit where credit is due because as you're going to see in five minutes, they aren't, they aren't the real culprits because they come, at least they come with the right mindset. They want to help their friend. And so they get to the house where it's noised that Jesus is in. And they go to the front door and, and they can't get in. They go to the back door around the kitchen, you know, where you used to have the ice in the number two tubs. And the, but he, they can't get in. And they go to the side and they can't get in. Those of you that don't know nothing about House parties back in the day just overlook what I just said. Those of you that were there, you you understand. You got knee-high oranges. You got and so anyway, they're, they're going all around the house and they cannot get in. So we've come all this way. We won't help for our friend. And back in the day, Jesus' time, uh, houses were built, built with stairs on the outside. And they climbed up the stairs and they said, the only way that we can get in is if we go up on the roof and open up the tiles and lower our friends. So before, before they could get in, they had to go by uh, Ace Hardware. They had to go by Lowe's or Home Depot. They had to get some rope. They had to get some utensils and, and, and all of this stuff. They got what they needed. They got up on the roof. They tore up whoever's house this was. And I leave you, I leave you with four observations of Jesus. The first observation, Jesus is up. And remember, after the three dots, what's he doing? He's preaching. 
he's preaching. Folk are jammed in there, and some of the folk that are in there, Whitman, they, they aren't there for the message, they're there for the miracle, but he's got them there. And he's preaching. And the first thing that I want you to notice is that Jesus has to look up. Bishop, what are you talking about? Okay, Jesus is standing there in the middle of the living room or wherever he is, and he's preaching, and folk are everywhere. They're crammed in there. there, And, 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 and all of a sudden, you hear all of this commotion. And you got dust and dirt and clay and leaves and grass and all kind of stuff falling and da bam, bam, and they're lifting towels and moving straw and all of this stuff. And Jesus is preaching. Now, I'm just going to be frank with you. If it was me, i look at Turner. Son, we out of here. These folk crazy. Tan up the house. Let's go. Go back and get my honorarium later. Let's go. But Jesus stands there. And slowly but surely, they're four friends, so if he's on a cot, each one has a corner. And they lower him. And Jesus is just standing there. And I, this, this, John, this had to have taken five, ten minutes. They just up there tearing up people out. The first observation is Jesus looking up, but then the second observation, Jesus is looking down at this man at his feet who's unable to move. Now, Shannon, you promise you, you took an oath, you're ordained. You, you, one of the things you got to do is protect your pastor. This man can't move. I'm going to see who's going to amen this. He can't move because of sin. Is there anybody here ever been paralyzed by sin? Sin had you so jacked up you couldn't move to your left, to your right. You, you've done stuff. I, can I, I, all right, I'll talk about me since y'all won't. There have been times in my life where I have felt so mentally and emotionally and even spiritually paralyzed. And what makes me feel better is, I, Luana, I'm not the only one. You know what Paul told me in the book of Romans? He said, Matthew, he says, when I try to do good, evil. The things I know I shouldn't do are the things I did. And the things I know I should do, those things I wouldn't do. Oh, wretched man that I am, I'm paralyzed. I, I know y'all ready to go and I'm, I'm going to turn it over to Tuan in just a minute but let me let me stay there just for a moment there is no better praise in the world than the praise of a man or a woman who has been delivered from the jailhouse of paralysis. There is no greater praise than the praise of someone that used to be on lockdown but the Lord delivered you if you're here today and the Lord brought you out would you please give him a praise would you tell the Lord thank you if you're here today and the Lord delivered you 
If he set you free from drugs, give him a praise. If you've been emancipated from alcohol, give him a praise. If you've been set free from bad relationships, give him a praise. If you got your peace of mind back, give him a praise. I ain't through with this thing. If you're here today and you know the devil was trying to drive you crazy, you didn't know if you were coming or going, but the Lord gave you a peace of mind. Now is the time to let the devil know you should have killed me when you had the chance. Oh. Dot, dot, dot. Me preaching. So I can, I can almost, I can almost imagine, uh, I can imagine Jesus looking up, all this commotion. Then he's looking down, and and he sees this man in this plighted condition. But Pat, Pat, it gets just a little bit better, because if you read the text, you will see something significant happening in verse five. Verse 5 says they let the paralytic down. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, and this is why I stopped reading here, because I need, I need all you guys to go home with this. They lowered him down, expecting a miracle. But the messenger gave a message that baffled them. What are you talking about? We, 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 look at verse five. The, the last portion in red ink. Son, your sins. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. Wait a minute. We done tore up these people's house. Went through all of this commotion. All of these folk. Y'all need to lean forward on this one. All of these folk are looking at me. I ain't walked in years. And you're going to lower me down in this crowd of folk and this man going to tell me my sin? I came here for healing. I ain't come for no forgiveness. And as lightly as you take it, there are still people to come to church today. That say they come for healing. They want their bills paid. They want a new car. They want this. But nobody talks about asking for Forgiveness, but Jesus addresses what he really needed. And 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 you know what? We've not even thought about this. There are still four men on the roof watching what's going on. And can't you just hear them saying to one another, he just said what? All this work. We did. I mean, they bragged about him. They talked about him and this, that, and the other. And, and, and we sweat. I, 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 I'm tired. We exhausted. We got to pay for this roof. And all he going to say is, your sins. I wish I had somebody felt like just, you know what? It's been a while since we had a breakout. Jesus looks up, sees the commotion, looks down, and, 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 and sees the man. And then thirdly, he looks around. He looks around. What does he see, Elder Gene, when he looks around? Well, I'm going to tell you. It's in beginning in verse 6. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Young preachers, 
you preach to please God because there will always be critics there will always be somebody digging Barbara that's going to find fault with what you say but you don't preach you don't ple preach or teach to please people Y'all don't remember anything else I said? You in trouble if you're getting up there hoping you can win the crowd over. Because if you've been sent on an assignment from God, the last thing you need to be worried about is whether or not people like what you're saying as long as what you're saying is what thus saith the Lord. Stand on your conviction. Stand on what God gives you to say. Jesus looks up, sees the commotion, looks down, sees the man. Now he's looking around, but he's looking into the heart of the religious leaders who are saying to themselves, what audacity does this man have to talk about forgiveness of sin? Only God can do that. Verse 7 says, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God? And here's, here's where if he wants to, David can Take me home. Verse 8 says, but immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, notice the focus of the conversation is no longer to the man lying in front of him, but to the people that are gathered around him. In other words, his focus moves from the altar to the congregation. Because everybody in the congregation ain't right. He says in the B clause of verse 8, why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier? To say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, arise, take up your mat. And what, remember I told you the other guys were up on the roof? The reason I know they were up on the roof, because Jesus just said, when you get up, take up your own mat. You got lowered in this house, but you're going to walk out of it. You came in the house one way. But you're going to leave here. Look at somebody and tell them, you came one way. But you're going to leave another way. You came burdened down. But you're going to leave with your burdens lifted. You came with tears of anguish and sorrow and hurt in your eyes. But you're going to leave here with tears of joy. If you can, if you're not afraid to, if you're not embarrassed to, high five your neighbor right now. Fist bump somebody right now. And tell them change is taking place. Jesus says to the religious leaders, how dare you, y'all can come up with this in your hearts but then he says this but just so you know that the son of man has power on earth to forgive sins then he said put his focus back on the man in front of him who's laying there confused but of course he's laying there he's a paralytic where is he going Then Jesus looks at him and says to him, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately, <laughs> he arose, gathered up his stuff, and went out in the presence of 
them all so that all were amazed. See, that's why Jesus didn't get upset when they were tearing up the roof to get to where Jesus was. Sometimes, Mike, you got to tear up some stuff to get in the presence of God. Sometimes you've got to walk away from some people to get in the presence of God. Sometimes you've got to let go of some past hurt. You've got to let go of some past pain so that you can be in the presence of God. Ernestine, you've got to stop worrying about what other people say when you know that what you need is in the presence of God. I'm closing my Bibles, but late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. Thank you so much for listening in to the Temple of Glory podcast. I know the word have been a blessing to you. We'll see you again soon.